five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Fever Pitch Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian. And I am Dan. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's been a long week. A lot has happened in the sports world. So let's get into it. Man, where do we begin? Well, mm-hmm. I was doing some research the other day, and I found out that, that Karen Newton and Chad Echocinco, they look like they're starting their own podcast. Oh, for real? Yeah, I can't remember if there's a title, but there was like a little teaser video that they dropped. And the first thing that was discussed was uh, Ojo Cinco's top five of uh, wide receivers. Mm. And I believe he's, he, he, you know, these these former these former players always like to like politics and give like non answers. Because they're like, oh, is there somebody to choose from? He was naming the likes of. Jamar, Odell, Julio, etc. But I wanted to I wanted to see Mr. Courtney if you could give me your top five or even top ten wide receivers. You can go current or all time. So I mean now. I'm gonna go current. Cause all time all right. that's that's just such a such a tricky list. Alright, shoot. I'll I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a, a little bit of both. Okay, okay. All right. Let's say for currently in the league, up there definitely has to be, man, wish I had thought about this before I hopped on here. I mean, I can, you know, we can talk about it together, honestly. I already kind of had my top five cooked up already. Wait, I think I think I know. Okay, hear right. me out. Mm-hmm. You got Tyreek Hill. He's okay. definitely the top receiver. This is okay. a no. This is a no order. Okay. Justin Jefferson. Okay. I still got Devontae Adams up there. Okay. I'm also gonna go Cooper Cup as well. Okay. And. Hmm. I'm torn between going Diggs or AJ Brown. Uh, that is tough. But I think I'm gonna go Stefan Diggs. I like your five, because that sounds like my five. <laughs> <laughs> What's your five? Um yeah, Reek, Reek Jefferson. Wait, no, that's not my five. I'm thinking right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reek, Jefferson, Diggs, Jamar. And Devontae would be my top five. Cooper Cup would be six. And you said another name. Oh, um, yeah. I said Diggs. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I would put Cooper Cup at six only because what he did was historic, and not many people can do that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to give him the credit there. But before that, he's been kind of calm. So, he's one of the best all runners in the league, and he had one of the best seasons ever. So, off the straight to that, he'll definitely crack my top 10. But until he does it again, I can't put him in my top five. Understandable. Understandable. But uh, thinking about the all-time list, we don't have to right now, but I was just thinking about some. You're right, there's just so much talent, so many names that you can choose from. Obviously, Jerry Rice is the GOAT, so... After after Jerry Rice, you could have your own conversation. But at least you got Jerry Rice at number one. 
Does well, Odell they, crack, crack your mm-hmm. does Odell crack your top five all time? All time, absolutely not. <laughs> Respectfully, he's Why a not? talent because uh, I can think of four other wide receivers all time that are better than Odell right now. But you also also have to think of cultural impact. When we say all time, are we only talking stats or are we talking about what you do for the culture? If you ask me, I'm talking about yo when you put the helmet on and I throw you the ball, mm-hmm. are you gonna come down with it? That's what, that's what I do. But I mean, yeah, if we want to talk about cultural impact, man, you. The top five would change because, like, T.O., Ocho, who will get who, who will dive a little bit more into it in a second, but T.O., Ocho, Randy Voss. I mean, there's so many cultural icons, but I mean, the numbers for those three, the numbers definitely line up. I mean, would you look at like an all time list? Odell is probably up there, I would say, maybe top 50. But yeah, he's not cracking my top ten. Understandable. But okay. um, mm-hmm. so you you mentioned Ocho Cinco. You were gonna talk a little bit more about. Yeah, um. So Chad Johnson, Chad Ocho Cinco, Pe- Pepe, um, very lovable guy. Been in the media for a long time at, for controversial food takes and other things. He was formerly a co-host on the I Am Athlete podcast, the initial rendition with the likes of Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, and Shannon Cryer. And since then, he's kind of, you know, done his own thing, whether whether it's uh, gaming or what have you. But now, uh, Chad Ochocinco and former NFL MVP Cam Newton seem to be working on the podcast of their own. Uh, which is kind of interesting because Cam was also, you know, he had a, he's had a story a story career up to this point, and he's even entered the podcast space. I think it's called like Funky Funky Fridays. So now the two of them are joining forces, and I'm looking forward to it. I think that's definitely a great duo. They're both yeah. great personalities, and they both speak very well. Hopefully, Cam Newton keeps the obscenities to a minimum, and uh, yeah. Well, you know, I just think it's going to be the best of both worlds. You, you got Cam Newton with that Atlanta culture. You got Ocho with the Miami culture. So I just think to let, like, putting those two in the room, the stories are endless. So I'm looking forward to it. And assuming they have guests, it's going to be I'm, – I'm very, very interested. Oh, yeah, especially former teammates, things of that nature. Exactly. Something that people don't talk about enough with Chad Ochocinco Johnson. The fact that Ochocinco is, in fact, not the number 85. Yeah, it's 85. They call it a a misnomer, I think, is the the term for it. But, yeah, it's 85. But if you want to, you know. Depending on who you ask, he may, he may have done that on purpose. I doubt it, <laughs> but uh, why, why I, do you think I, he did that instead of um, the actual number? If it wasn't well, intentional, I think um, I think he probably well one it definitely rolls off the tongue a little bit better because mm. eighty five was ochenta ochenta y cinco, and mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, that's Chad 85, but I think Chad 85 kind of is a little more easier to pronounce. 
Mm. So I think you probably went with that. I was just in go. And Loki even sounds like a name. <laughs> like, because you did change his name to Ultra Cinco legally at one point. That was his actual name. Oh, his, his name's not Chad Johnson? No, it is now, but back for a brief period, he changed his name legally to Ultra Cinco. And then changed, and then changed it back to Chad Johnson. Ah, okay, yeah. I see. Well, um, you know. Well, speaking of people who are entering new positions and spaces. We have Richard Sherman to replace Uncle Shay on Undisputed. Yeah, so as you guys may or may not know, Shannon Sharp, former Raven Super Bowl champion, former Bronco Super Bowl champion, also NFL Hall of Famer. Him and Skip Bayless were co-hosts on Undisputed for like six years. And this past summer, they've they've no longer. You know, I think uh, Shannon agreed to a buyout, and he's now working at some other ventures in his professional space. And you know, Skip has been looking for uh, a new co-host. Um, I've heard that sh- I've heard a few things. I heard that Lil Wayne will be like a rotational guest, but I think the permanent mainstay, or at least one of the permanent mainstays, will be Richard Sherman, and. <laughs> I think that's going to be absolutely entertaining. I remember when Skip was on ESPN, uh, there was a, a viral clip of him and him and Sterling going at it. Sterling basically said, I'm better at life than you. <laughs> and that, which is crazy because at the time, Sterling, I think at the time, um, it was maybe the year before the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. So at the time, uh, Richard Sherman definitely was probably heading into the trajectory of best corner in the league, but I don't think that was the universal consensus at that time. And since then, he's won the Super Bowl. I think he's made multiple Pro Bowls. So, hey, I would not be the determinant of that, but I feel like, depending on who you ask, he definitely bet that that statement of being better at life than uh, Skip Bayless. (laughs) So, wait, why did Shannon Sharp leave again? So, it was they didn't really get into a number of like, exact reasons. I think it was just kind of like, you know, the personalities kind of started to rub off on each other the wrong way. And there was that one incident where uh, Skip was basically defending Tom Brady to a, at the expense of Shannon Sharp. And even though that probably wasn't necessarily the reason, I think that probably played a part. And just Wanting different things in life, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Mm. Well, I know wherever Shannon Sharp lands, he'll he'll be great. He's a great personality. Yeah, I mean, I know Stephen A is definitely looking to get him on. But he also has his own little in, individual um, venture with Club Shay Shay. He has his own podcast, and that's been doing pretty well. So I hope he keeps, out, he keeps on with that because I've been catching a few of the episodes here and there, so. Whatever he does, I hope he can, you know, balance the two. Okay. I still think he's probably, I still think he's probably at the end of at ESPN because they, they, they fired so many people, so they're probably clearing captures for a big move. I think Shannon Sharp might be that big move. Hey, I think Shannon Sharp would pair great with um, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, low key, even Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp could be. 
a nice little duo. That's true. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, looking forward to Ooh. it. Or even him and Kellerman. Oh yeah, I'm sure that would probably just be another nice little. I feel like Kellerman would probably not be as he wouldn't try to push push his buttons as much as uh as much as uh, Skip did, but I feel like it would still probably work pretty well. Yeah, definitely a good dynamic there, man. Absolutely. Do you think he uh Shannon Sharp felt blindsided by that? Well, I think it was more so he kept the he you know he kept the scars close. I feel like he was very professional when he was on dispute then. Yeah, I, I think some of the personal shots and just a few of the unprofessional practices that uh was, was, was uh, exhibiting may have blindsided him. And unfortunately, I think that kind of also played a part in like the the severing of ties. But um, you mentioned the blindside. That's a classic movie. And even though I haven't watched it, I heard a lot of the good You haven't? About hold it. on, hold on. You haven't <laughs> seen The Blindside? I haven't seen The Blindside, but I feel like... I need you... I, no, hold on. This is, this is, this is a cultural film. No matter, is, but... no matter what your schedule is within the next seven days, the next episode, you should have watched it by then, okay? See, I would agree with you, but after hearing some of the things I've heard about the blind side, I don't know if I should... I don't know if I should watch it. I know it's probably a cultural staple, Wait, but... Um, what'd you hear? Well, um... Where do we begin? So, The Blind Side was a movie about the... Well, depending on who you ask, it was a movie about Michael Orr, uh, former NFL offensive lineman. I believe he was portrayed to have a upbringing that required him to just be taken in by this white family and like be taught the game of football and everything of that nature. Um, he went on to have a story career. He was on that Panthers team that made it to the Super Bowl. The, that fifteen and one Panthers team, they ended up losing to uh to Denver that year. But he had a story career. He, you know, yeah, he did well for he, himself. Yeah, I wouldn't say he played about maybe eight or nine years mm-hmm. for the Panthers and the Panthers, the Ravens, and I believe one other team. But as I the Titans, yes. But um, the reality of the situation is um, the so called adopted. Adopted the so-called family that adopted him, um, were essentially were did not really show him the love a family would show somebody that you know if that makes sense. I, from what I was hearing, they were uh, financial, they withheld financial financial benefits from Michael or. Uh, amongst other things, and they wrote a book about him and kind of was profiting off of, I guess, their perspective on how they are so called family and things of that nature. It's a lot, I don't want to dive too deep to it because it's like I'm still doing the research myself, as you can see. I haven't even watched the blind side, but yeah, apparently, I can, I can give a little bit more detail about it. I, I saw because I saw the movie and. So essentially, they thought that 
well, Michael Orr thought that he was adopted by the family and when they had him sign some papers after he had turned 18, but really it was a conservatorship. Um, and what a conservatorship is, it's it's uh, that document that like um, Britney Spears um, also signed as well. It's like turning over like your like rights and things to like a like a parental slash guardian type figure. So they have like control of your finances and everything. And, and essentially they have rights to essentially your name and anything that comes your way. So he didn't wow. know this and he didn't see a single dollar that came from the blind side, but the family did, even though wow. they didn't legally adopt him ever at any point, they just assumed like a conservatorship over him in order to benefit financially from not only the book, but the movie. And the movie did very, very well, right? Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm guessing it was definitely over, like, it, did, it was box office. It was definitely over $100 million because they used to also show it on TV and things uh, growing up mm. it multiple times, too. So it's just an unfortunate situation because he thought that these people who had come into his life were helping him for his betterment. And... Also, it's also like uh, there's also two sides to the same coin situation. They they definitely probably did help him and support him with football, but for them to try and completely profit and benefit off of that is unethical, in my opinion. Yeah, from from what I from what I was hearing, he was already kind of like he was bound to be kind of that guy, at least you know coming into college. From what mm-hmm. I did, from what I was into, he was still like you know. Highly recruited, fairly sought after, and I think one of the reasons why he even ended up going to Ole Miss was because the so-called father and the coach were homies or something like that. So, but I'm pretty sure he had offers to a few other places. It's really, it's a very nasty work. <laughs> it's very nasty work. Indeed, um, indeed. I really hope you know he's able to. Properly, whatever needs to be done legally, I hope he's able to achieve. But yeah, it's as I'm still doing my research beyond this part, it's like, dang, that's like some real sick stuff. Um, I will say though, he also was on that uh Raven Super Bowl team and he also played in the, another Super Bowl with uh Carolina. So, hey, shout out to Ravens, yeah. So, I mean, shout out to Michael Ward, you know, first round pick. Even he even caught a pass his rookie year. I mean, it was it was for negative eighty yards, but yeah, he was even the <laughs> the he was the runner up for offensive rookie of the year. So yeah, he he's done some things. And, so I really hope and that's so did. crazy. Runner up for yeah. offensive rookie of the year as an offensive lineman is legendary. Yeah. yeah, it's like you can tell he was definitely one of them ones. So yeah. for the Toy family or however you say the name, to try and like, I guess paint themselves as these as these as these white saviors and then disregard the kid, well the man now mm-hmm. as not even a family is like yeah that's ill to me like and that ill in a good way that's like that's very wild but um exactly hopefully hopefully everything works out. Yeah, I hope hope he gets his compensation back. You know, he definitely had a historic career. And for him to be wrong like that when 
arguably he may go in the Hall of Fame, you know. He had that type of talent. He won a ring, and he definitely contended on another team. So, yeah, he definitely has potential Hall of Famer talent. He could be. I don't know about Foster. First ballot, but I feel like his name probably rings a lot of bells. So, yeah, Hall of Fame isn't really too out of the reach. I mean, just thinking about some of the other people in the Hall of Fame, I feel like you might end up there at one point. But as we talk about the Hall of Fame, in the NFL, the NBA actually um just held their induction ceremony for the 2023 class. I heard it was some interesting. The, yeah, some of the names in the 2023 class, I feel old now because this is my era. You got the likes of Powell Gasol, Becky Hammond, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, Dwayne Wade, amongst others. Um... I love the fact that Dwayne finally got his just due and he's, you know, entering the Hall of Fame class. I would say he's the top three shooting guard of all time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it was only a matter of time. Yeah, so I'm just glad that he was able to achieve that. Um, You know, shout out to some of the two of the greatest foreign-born um. NBA stars, no, three actually, because we got Tony Parker, Dork, and Powell, France, Germany, and Spain, really showing how the NBA is truly global with those three mega stars in their own right. Amongst others, you know, you got Coach Pop, who, I mean, yeah, that was bound to happen, so I'm not surprised there either. I thought he but was yeah, still coaching. I mean, he is. <laughs> oh, you can be in the Hall of Fame and still be working in the NBA? I guess so. I mean, hey, I've seen, I've seen things. Hey. And what well, hey, he's the Greg most Pop- winningest uh, NBA coach of all time, right? Greg Popovich is one of one. So even if you can't do that, he should be able to. I'm not even mad at it. It's valid. Yeah, no. Um, I heard what for Dwayne Wade. Um, Allen Iverson introduced him, or walked yes. him in. I think I heard that as well. Yeah, and he had like a Dwayne Wade suit or something made. And I think it was just such a cool and special moment because I know for Dwayne Wade, especially, he definitely probably looked up to Allen Iverson in his early years, especially being like the guard who was setting that trend. He was in his early career. Uh, pulling shots on Michael Jordan and overall having such a large cultural impact. And especially yeah, Dwayne I mean, Wade did the same thing in Miami too. Right, exactly. He, you know, he was born he was born in Chicago, grew up in Chicago. So I'm pretty sure he was definitely a Mike fan. And then to also grow up uh inspired by Alan Iverson and then to end up playing a shooting guard and then even being involved with the likes of them is like the the story writes itself. Story yeah. writes itself. Do you think he wishes he never went to Chicago? No, I think I mean at that point he was a three time champion, and he's from there, and he 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 ended up going back to Miami. So no harm really done. That's I true. think it was. I think. And I think the only reason why you ended up going to Chicago in the first place was because 
I think he was asking for a little bit more than what Miami was giving, and Miami wasn't trying to, you know, give him that little bump of bump and pay. So mm. he ended up going to, to Chicago, and with all things considered, you know, had a pit stop in Cleveland, and now and then ended up in ended up back in Miami, and now he's a co he's a co owner of the Jazz. So oh, he is. Yeah, so Dwayne Wade is doing a lot, and he's he's getting a lot done. So, salute. Salute, That's good. Happy for him, especially ownership in a team. That's that's amazing. And even with these Mm -hmm. players, as they um, enter the Hall of Fame and ultimately probably have their jerseys retired and things, it's just such an amazing thing to see, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know. I always wanted to have my jersey in the Raptors and whatever sport I end up playing. Hey, it'll definitely go down to the podcast Raptors. Don't worry. Uh, that part, that part, that part. But as you talk about jerseys in the Raptors, the Phoenix Suns, two Phoenix Suns legends, Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. I'm getting old because like, this is like my our era. And like, it's just we're so far removed that they're getting their jerseys retired. They're, they are amongst the let's see, the Suns have retired a number of jerseys, and now Steve Nash, Sean, and Steve Nash, pardon me, Sean Marion and Amari Steinberg are joining Steve Nash as the three of them were teammates, and now the three of them are all getting their jerseys retired. Steve Nash has had his jersey retired for some time, but now his two teammates are joining him. So I feel like, um, so just some other players will definitely be ended up getting their jerseys retired by franchises very soon. I know when LeBron is done, I think he's going to get his jersey retired in Miami and in Cleveland and even LA after what. So it's just a matter of time. I hope the Wizards retire zero. They're not because the rookie, Bilal Kulabali, is a, he's <laughs> in the, I, I heard he's going to be wearing zero. And I myself, you know, that rubbed me the wrong way, but I mean, hey, man, Gilbert, I Gilbert Gilbert's Gil, Gilbert's just is retired in my heart. Agent Zero, man, absolutely. Yeah, and even with the retiring of the jerseys, one thing that I found interesting about Sean Marion, I don't know why in my head I just always found him more synonymous with Dallas. Huh? Really? Yeah, I think it's because that's when I started playing two K. Like Sean Marion, he had that interesting jump shot that was like kind of oh, like yeah. horizontal. And oh, then yeah. I always used to pull up from three with him um in the corners. Well, I believe he was was he on that championship team? Um let me let me see. Sean Marion Was he, he was... on that championship team? He was. He was on that he was a hey man, if you gotta remember if you gotta remember him with Dallas, Dallas on the ring. So I I can't blame him. Yes, he was he did play a role on that championship team in Dallas. Yeah, and what he yeah, he spent a few years on the Mavericks. I mean, he did spend the he was drafted by the Suns and he spent the majority of the beginning of his career on the Suns. Yeah. Putting up some great numbers, I won't uh, lie. Yeah, absolutely. He was averaging twenty one at a point. Shooting yeah. 52% from field goal. Yeah, well, you know, 
at the you know Sean Marion, even 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 whether it's Phoenix or Dallas or even his brief stint in Cleveland, mm-hmm. he was known to contribute in the playoffs whenever he got the opportunity to. So I can't blame you for associating him with Dallas. Yeah, that's true. I mean, regardless, it's good to see him getting his jersey retired. Same with Amari Stoudemire. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that's funny because they both played for the Suns and the Mavs as well. So, and I think, I think Amari Stoudemire might have had a brief with a stint in Miami too. Now that I think about it. Yeah, he actually retired with the Heat. Yeah, so they they got a couple of shared spaces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's crazy about shared spaces, man? You usually share shared spaces with people that you can trust. Mm. And talk to me. And you know, I don't I don't know Daryl Morey, but James Harden said Daryl Morey is a is a liar. He can never be trusted again. Who's Daryl Morey? Daryl Morey is the GM for the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm. He was a former GM of the Houston Rockets. Daryl Morey traded for James Harden when he was the GM of the Rockets. And as you can see, James Harden turned into one of the best two guards of all time. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, I can't remember why Daryl Morey was, was ousted out of Houston, but he ended up going to Philadelphia Trading for James Harden again, and now um, we're at a point in time where James Harden doesn't even trust Daryl Morey mm. and vows to never play for a franchise ran by him again. Why, um, why does he not trust him anymore? From what I'm understanding, uh, Daryl Morey gave James Harden enough, well, enough reason to believe that taking a pay cut would be. A kid would be worth it as they would be in the running for a championship in Philly. And as you can see, James Harden still doesn't have a championship. <laughs> yeah, he, he does out- not. Yes, he he opted into his deal to secure the bag, but he took a pay cut. And that pay cut or that money from that pay cut was going to be used to, you know, get some championship assets. And like I said, no, no championship to this day. But as James Harden hasn't been on the on the Sixers that long, has he? He hasn't, but he has the history with Daryl Morey in Houston prior to going to Philly. Mm, so, so, is the situation essentially the Daryl Morey isn't spending money in a way to build a championship team? That is the that is the perception from James Harden. But how can James like, Harden argue that he's not a GM? Well, he's well. Think of it like this: you the argument is that money could be going to me, and we could be doing the same thing. <laughs> mm. So it's like I'm taking I'm taking lots of money to get the same results. I see. So he would rather get paid than the team try and find somebody else because yes you know the market like, is the market is difficult right now you know it is it people is. are getting these crazy super vaxes you got Jalen brown getting over 300 million you got 
You got one of the Ball brothers. Uh, which one is it? Ronzo? Oh no, the Mello. The Mello. You got yeah, an extension for what? Two fifty mil or something? He got the. I know we talked about it on, talked about it on one of the previous pods. A little ball got an extension for <clears throat> two sixty. Five yeah. two sixty. Yeah, two sixty, yeah. right? So so the market is crazy, right? For James Harden and hey, this is gonna be a hot take. I think Uh-oh. he needs to just stick with the team instead of bouncing around, you know. Once you like stick with the team and you build with them, to be fair, then you to can be judge because he's to only be been fair, on the. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Ahead. To be fair, right? Like Houston wanted to rebuild, and he wasn't trying to contribute to a rebuild. So he got out of Houston, and mm-hmm. then Brooklyn, Kyrie was you know a part-time player, and, and it was very dysfunctional with Brooklyn, so he had to get out of there. And now Philly, I mean, Doc Rivers is trash. Pardon me, Glenn Rivers is trash. So <laughs> I understand why that didn't work out. But, I mean, if Daryl Moore is telling you one thing, but he's doing another, then, hey, I mean, yeah, you just got to go somewhere where you can you are respected enough to be told the truth, I guess. So it is guess- what it is. Yeah, I guess it, at the end of the day, it does come down to honesty and integrity. But if I'm James Harden, over your career, you've made how much? Over $200 million? Respectfully. Close to, close to three. Exactly. And you have a sneaker yeah. deal with Adidas. I don't know if that's still going, but you've you've made a considerable amount of money in your career. Money isn't the end-all, be-all. You're trying to build a legacy at this point, right? You're with Joel Embiid, who was MVP, correct? Yes, this and is true. You got also have Tobias Harris on your team as well. You have a lot of core players on your team where you guys can work together and make a run for things, where the things that may be missing really for the team are depth in role players. You guys don't need another knockout player and then that's the misconception with like all these like super teams and things of that nature, which is right now, uh, even looking at it, I want the Suns to do well, but looking at it, they may not have the depth to contend with the Nuggets, respectfully. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. It's more per se. And let me know if I'm tripping here. To me, it seems like players feel like they're entitled to a ring when they haven't earned it. Just because you're good and you're putting up 30, 40 a game and you're putting up MVP numbers. You're the most valuable player on a team. Yes. But are you a drain of resources? Are you not kicking out the ball to the necessary players? Are you a liability on defense? Do you rotate and transition poorly? Are you bad for team morale? Are you making uh? commotion in the media which is bringing bad press to the team a lot of these external factors people don't talk about enough yeah you are presenting a very valid valid point I mean I like Philly's roster so um, do I Daryl Moore got a lot of former Rockets so I think that may be a reason why James Harden might be a little disregardful because it's like 
you're just bringing in a bunch of guys you know about because you were the you were the GM or whatever a couple years ago. I love Houston, so I can get away from Houston. So it's two different positions, you know. It's like you got the the devil. The devil you know is usually better than the devil you don't. But I think James Harden is sick of this, <laughs> sick of this, sick of this devil. So it's like I want something new. And not just Houston in the Eastern Conference, if that makes sense. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but it's if like you look at if you look at all the former Rockets: PJ Tucker, James Harden, Tobias Harris, Daniel House. That's four. Oh, Montrez Harrell. That's five ex Rockets. <laughs> but these, but these players aren't bad players. They also have not... a lot of good key players as well. They have young talent in Mo Baba. You have MVP in Joel Embiid. You got um you got Mac McClung, right? Who, yes, he's young, but he's definitely a, a, a scrappy player and will play that defense, right? Yeah. They have good role players and key players that can help take them there. What they're missing, right, is just cohesion, right? And I think what they really need to be evaluating is not the players in this situation, but the coaching. Well, what do you got? Nick, they got Nick Nurse. I like Nick Nurse. So, hey, that could be the answer. But, That's true. Oh, yeah, they did get rid of Doc. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like Nick Nurse. He's, he's a good coach. That could be the answer, but yeah, only time will tell. If I'm hardened, I'm seeing how – this season is going to go because for you to be talking about more money when you're making $35.6 million this season, let's be serious here. You're getting your sizable lion share, right? Let's play ball and see what happens. This is just from the outside looking in. I mean, yeah, yeah. he will probably get traded at this point just because with disagreements and things, this big, it's kind of hard to see it going any other way. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like James Harden and Damian Lillard are both like, you're not hearing too much about Dame now because it's like, well, we're not going to trade you unless we get something good. And it's very interesting because it seems like this in the era of player empowerment, it's 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 painting these players in a very sticky light. It is, and I mean, you don't have to care, but it's like, hey, it's like as soon as something goes haywire, you're in the actual trade, and it's it's even that way. Me personally, once I get my ring, I'm getting all the money I can. So until mm-hmm. I get my ring. I need to be in a place where I can get money and compete. If you were hard, would you be approaching things the same way? Um, if I were hard, I've already opted. I've already opted in, so wherever, wherever I go, I'm gonna get paid. Now it just now it just boils down to whether or not I can win here. I think Nick Nurse is a better coach than Corn River, so I wouldn't mind playing for Nick Nurse and. I think Philly has a decent roster. 
I feel like some of these ex Rockets would I would rather not deal with, but I think it's doable. So I was dug it out. Maybe moving at moving at the deadline if I don't think we're going anywhere. But as a as a, as it is right now, I wouldn't mind staying. But whatever the so called lie is, that would swing the that would swing the pendulum for me. Hmm. Yeah, understandable. And um, I'm reading something right now from Bleacher Report. They say that there's four potential options for Harden right now. Let's see him. Um, option number one is nobody commits to Harden and he stays put. Um, uh-huh. Number two is Harden poisons the Sixers' relationship with Embiid and forces Philly's hand to trade him or get him out of there in some type of capacity. Oh, wow. Um. The Sixers take the cap space route and settle for pennies on the dollar for Harden. Yeah, move on for cheap. Mm-hmm. And then option number four is Harden gets traded and resigns with a new team next summer. Yeah, I can see that as well because I didn't. I think the opt-in is for a year, so yeah, he's he's a free agent twenty twenty four, so. He'll be breaded, probably dug it out for a year and get traded. If no one James Harden, he'll probably bring bring out that fat suit again. Yeah, and I see something right here. It says, um, people are already speculating. Will firing Daryl Morey fix all of the wounds for the Seventy Sixers? I mean, what's I would say so, because if you look at what he's done since he's gotten to Philly, let's see how many moves evolved former Rockets. <laughs> let's see how many moves in Philly involved former Rockets. At least As three or four now, right? I want to say so. I remember... <laughs> I remember uh, when he got to Philly, he just signed a whole bunch of shooters. Mm. I remember that. Like he was like, "Yeah, three points are worth three points are worth more than two. So he just got every shooter he could possibly find and brought them to uh, Philly. Mm-hmm. But I can't find the timeline of his moves in Philly. But I have found the timeline of every James Harden request a trade request. How many times has he requested a trade? I guess three. Mm-hmm. If I, if it, let's see, the relationship Harden and more share with one another is the main reason why he ended up on the Sixers. Yep, but the lot has transpired. Uh huh. Let's see, Harden is currently overseas on the tour in China. You know what's so crazy? I'm pretty sure Durham Moore has a lot of ties to China, so this tour is definitely a chess move. Whether or not he was a queen, it's definitely a chess move by James Harden. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would say, honestly, so in Houston, you know, they went into rebuild. He wasn't trying to deal with the rebuild. They said, get me out of here. Yeah, I kind of highlighted all the reasons why he asked for a trade previously. And I don't blame him for any of them, honestly. Yeah. I think, every, you know, it's easy to say every situation, you know, it's easy to say 
every, every time something goes wrong, it's not my fault. But I mean, the Rockets were rebuilding. Kyrie didn't want to play full time, and the Sixers suck. So yeah, I understand every reason why he he's asked for a trade up until this point. Yeah, I just. Also- Ultimately, it's just an unfortunate where, situation, you know. Yeah, I just don't know where he, where he's gonna end up. Yeah, hopefully a contender. We'll see if they'll give him to the Suns. That would just be a mess in itself. Yeah, but I mean, hey, I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But to kind of switch gears here, have you seen what? Messi has been doing in the MLS. I've heard a few things. Can you really go into detail? He has scored a goal in every single game he has played. And he's played, huh. I believe, five games for Inter Miami. Huh. That man David Becker wasn't playing around, man. He was like, yep, bring him. We need him. Messi, Messi is Messi. And soccer is definitely a lot more competitive in Spain than it is in the in the United States. So yeah, I'm sure he is having his way with these MLS MLS goalies. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure of it. So on to give you a brief record, on July twenty first versus Cruz Azul, he scored one goal. On July 25th versus Atlanta United, he scored two goals with two assists. Oh, my. On August 2nd, he scored uh, two goals against Orlando City, SC. Mm-hmm. On August 6th, he scored... He scored another goal against FC Dallas on Jesus, August. Bro. On He's August, that. absolutely. Oh, mm. and then on Saturday his streak ended. Um, he didn't score versus Charlotte FC, mm. but he must be reading the he must be reading the. Uh, MLS at this point, right? Like, there's no way it has to be him. Oh wait, no. It says here he scored another goal for Charlotte against Charlotte FC. Actually, oh, well, would you look at that? In five starts, Messi has nine goals, one assist on twenty two on twenty two shots. Yep. Wow. If you look at his time in Barcelona, oh, he was in Barcelona for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this other stuff is cake to him. Because if you already have nine goals and five stars, let's see what the record is for most goals in the season. I wonder. Probably it over like 30. 34, yes. Hey. And let's see how many games are played in this season. What, like 16 or 20? I don't know. Uh, let's see. 
That's just a guess. 34. 34. Okay, so a okay. goal so a, a goal a game is the record. Hmm. And Messi is already averaging over I'm pretty sure he's already averaging over one goal a game at this point. Yeah. So you might not... mess around and break this record. Yeah, nine goals and three assists, he's definitely outpacing it. For huh. sure. He's definitely that, out yeah. yeah. It's looking it's looking scary out here. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, I'm interested to see what Ronaldo is gonna do in um Europe. No, not Europe, in uh Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Speaking of which did Mbappe sign that deal? Mbappe I don't think Mbappe did not sign that deal, but another player did sign that deal and mm. they're getting paid something ridiculous. Let's see. That would be soccer. Because I'm just... Neymar. Yes, Neymar. He gets $500,000 every time he posts on social media. Huh? <laughs> yes. You heard that correct. In addition to his $300 million salary... Yes, he gets $500,000 every time he posts. He gets private jet service wherever he goes. Maybe yeah. maybe I should have kept putting soccer. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is the Saudi league is bolstering their stuff up. They've picked up Ronaldo. They've picked up Neymar. If I was in Bape, is- I would I would have went to Saudi Arabia. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just saying, man, this is some serious bread. I know 700 million for one year, and you say no? And I feel like the return on investment is going to be double. Like, I think it's going to be worth it. If somebody's giving you $700 million for one year of play, I don't think that tarnishes your legacy at all. It's $700 million. It. I'm taking it. I'm fi- I'm f- I'm faking the injury. I promise you, I am. But why? You don't need to. You're gonna be dominant. You're gonna be dominant in that league, anyways. You get to essentially <laughs> take the year on easy mode, and then you go back and uh, enter the Premier League the following year. Oh, well, hey, I guess so. Because <laughs> man, oh man, that's a lot of bread. Yeah, it's a one year. Some deals. of the most. Oh, so when you do? Oh yeah, I'm dragging. <laughs> yeah, I don't Absolutely. know why. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't take that deal. But me personally, $700 million, I'm taking it. Oh, yeah. Benzema's, on, Benzema's in the Saudi Pro League. Ronaldo's in the Saudi Pro League. Angelo Conte. They got a few heads here, you know. Hey, and, and hey, all respect to players who are taking the money in this situation because – they deserve to be play to be paid, and if there's an opportunity for them to get paid more than they were ever going to get in the Premier League in a short amount of years, whether it's the middle of their career or the late stages of their career, like Ronaldo and Messi, all to them. I salute them and I wish them well. Absolutely, I'm trying to get some of that money, man. That's that that's that oil money for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. But let's change gears here. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL. The preseason uh, has started, and yep, I just want to go off um, 
go off bat and say that um the Ravens are going to continue their preseason um undefeated uh record since uh 2015 so if you're a betting person um just go ahead and place your bets on the ravens because they're not losing in the preseason that's easy the money most, right there. the most unimportant streak i've ever heard of unimportant what streaks does your team have um losing i mean sure and injuries <laughs> Yeah, I guess the long, I think we might have the longest streak without a playoff win. We, we oh, might be real? out there. We're probably out there. We haven't won the playoff game since, like, 05. I, I'm so sorry for you guys. It's okay. Um, we'll, we'll adopt I, you. I just watch football. I have no team. <laughs> I just watch football, man. Uh, that's the political answer, right? Yeah, until, until my homies get signed. I'm just watching football, man. That's valid. Because, yeah, I can't let these sorry teams give me depression. I refuse. Have you been able to catch any of these preseason games? Any of them caught your attention? Not in full detail. You know, I put fantasy football, so I've been watching players. Mm -hmm. And that boy, Tank Darrell out of Houston, he's a dog. Serious, serious business. Oh, talk about it. What'd he do? Um, he, So... In college, he also went to the University of Houston, mm-hmm. and I believe he led the league. He led the, like the entire FBS in receiving yards for two years, and he was a third round pick in this year's draft. Fifth year senior, apparently CJ Stroud said, "Yeah, go get that guy." So they got that guy, and he's looking like the real deal. Um, hmm. Recent recent reports suggest that he's already looking at like the wide receiver one in Houston. And as a Tankdale as a Tankdale fantasy owner, I'm excited. So hopefully, you know, he could turn out to be the next big thing. Um, you know, even though he's on the shorter side, I believe he's a five foot ten. I feel like he might be on his Deshaun Jackson arc because you know Deshaun Jackson was a season vet, but he was also five foot ten. So maybe Tankdale can tap into that. Um, outside of that, um, uh, some other rookies that are making noise, from, from my knowledge, uh, I'm trying to think, off the top of my head. Oh, Jackson Smith and Jigba at the Seattle, he's looking like the next bit, the next great slot receiver, maybe in the next Doug Baldwin per se, and you know Geno Smith is in this career resurgence. Getting a new toy to play with is definitely going to be some, something I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, outside of that, I mean, Jordan Love is essentially going into his rookie year. He's giving he's given off Ben Simmons vibes as far as, like, you know, having that right uh, professional experience. And now the practice has turned the franchise to him, and he's getting a full year under to, you know, command the offense. So... It's, inter- it's looking very interesting. And, of course, I mean, if you're, I don't know, Brian, you want to give us some details on Zay Flowers? Or... Zay Flowers has been phenomenal so far. <laughs> but before I even talk about him, did you see that play by Nathan Rourke? Nathan Rourke. I'm trying to For the Jacksonville Jaguars? Jacksonville, right? I don't, yeah. think, I, I don't think I saw it, but I'm going to watch it in real time. Let's see. You're going to talk about it as I, as I pull it up. 
Yeah, so the Jaguars were playing the Cowboys in the preseason, right? And Nathan, uh, while he's getting tackled by like two, three different people, he slips like, I think like two different tackles. And then while he's going down, he throws an absolute dot to the end zone. And that's just the type of football I like to see. Yeah, people right say preseason doesn't matter. Hey, if it's anything, it's an see, indicator for the future of the type of types of things we're going to be seeing from players. If you all think, well, most times, you know, some 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 of these guys can't handle it when the lights come on. But hey, mm. let me see the let me see the type. Let me see. You said against Dallas, right? Yeah. I don't watch this right now. Let me see here. Third and sixteen. Drop back, drop back. All right, broken play. We got a scramble. Oh, I'm still on my feet. Oh, yeah, he threw a bullet. That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I will say one thing about the preseason is you, it definitely gives you a chance to make the most out of any opportunity you're given. Mm. And, wow, this team, this is already one of the greatest plays in NFL history. In NFL <laughs> history? This could be hyperbole, but this is what they're saying. Man, I'm seeing a lot of hype around around this. This is very interesting. Some other some other uh crazy pieces and plays I saw. Uh, Atorian Perry at the Wake Forest. He was definitely looking like I'm pretty sure she scored a TD, six round draft pick at playing for New Orleans. And also, this is one thing I'm actually watching very closely. Justin Ross, a wide receiver for the Chiefs. In college, he may have been the best wide receiver in football. Mm. And because of a lot of injuries, he went undrafted. He didn't play at all his rookie year because he got hurt in, like, training camp. And right now, it's like... The super soldier coming coming out of the cryo tank, man. Um, there were a few. Uh, but this preseason he's been going off. He did have uh, one slight injury scare, I believe it was yesterday. But he's back, and I really hope he's able to see the see the field this year because a talent you put the talent like that with Patrick Mahomes, the opportunities, the potential is, is uh Limitless. So I'm very, I'm looking forward to see what Justin Ross is going to turn out to be in Kansas City. Yeah, it's exciting, you know, especially as we start seeing these young players emerging. Um, it's like a turning point in the league, you know, for the past like 20 years or so, it was the Tom Brady era. But now it looks like we're playing Patrick Mahomes ball. And we also have a bunch of young QBs trying to get after it, too. So yep. just looking at the league overall, I'm excited for this season, and uh, I'm definitely going to need to hear from you uh, next week on your fantasy picks. Oh, man, I got you. I got you. I got uh, you. Yeah, I got a draft coming up, so, you know, I need I need the, the devious drop. You know that. Uh, the the, the Alias K official draft picks, I got you. I got you. I got you. Of, of course, of course. But – I did want to touch on some of the moves that were happening in the NFL. We got Ezekiel Elliott going to the Patriots. What do you think about that? So, as a Ramondre Stevenson fantasy owner, 
it hurt my feelings because <laughs> it's looking it's like he's going to get a lot of goal line work. But um, this is just just has Bill Belichick written all over it. You get a veteran running back and you split up the carries in the backfield. That just that's just the Patriot way. I think it seems like the Patriots is low, this offense is low key looking kind of like you're taking a bunch of guys who had like interesting primes, and now it's like you're putting them all together. <laughs> you got it's like the, it's like when the Nets got Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> you got Juju, you got Mike Gesicki, you got Zeke. And at one point, all three of them had, like, top 10 at their position at one point. And now they're all kind of, like, just old, old dirty vets. <laughs> yeah, it's so, going to be interesting to see with Zeke how he operates differently now that, what, this is the first time in his career he's not a Cowboy, right? Correct. So it's going to be interesting to see how, I'm not going to say the Cowboys have bad coaching per se, but... Bill Belichick is a known Hall of Famer coach, you know. Well, Bill Bill Belichick has like seven Super Bowl rings as a head coach, and like two more as a as a defensive coordinator with the Giants or something like that. Whew. Whereas Mike McCarthy has one Super Bowl ring, and that was like eleven years ago. Yeah. So I would take Bill. I would take Bill Belichick over Mike McCarthy in a heartbeat. Well, yeah, in a heartbeat. But you know, I didn't. I I know I throw a lot of a lot of I throw around a lot of a cowboy slander. So I wanted to keep it keep it light. But you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you thought it. So <laughs> probably uh, well, eight. He has eight rings. Oh, okay. he has one, two. Two, three is this. Let me see. Let me see. So, yeah, so he has two as a defensive coordinator with the Giants, mm-hmm. and then six as a head coach with the uh with the Patriots. Okay, so, so he's, he's done well for himself. And he drafted Tom Brady in 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 the sixth round. So, I would take I would trust Bill Belichick with just about everything. And even these two years without Tom Brady, where things are looking a little crazy, don't don't worry. I think the Patriots might mess around and even go on a go on a sneaky with the Super Bowl run this year. I mm. doubt it, but, but I doubt it. I don't think it's a high possibility. But I'm not going without. Mm. I think that's one of the exciting things about the NFL when you hedge your bets and uh, even do predictions at the beginning of the season. Things can literally go any way, especially the way players move around. It's always exciting going into the season to see what's going to happen. Tell me. Tell me. What do you think about Dalvin Cook? What do you think about Dalvin Cook going to the Jets? Man, oh my goodness. I think (laughs) if Brees Hall is 100%, or even close to it by week two or three, that might be the best backfield in the NFL. Mm. Dalvin and Brees, that might be a nasty combination. And that's just the running backs. You still got Aaron Rodgers and all these wide receivers. 
The Jets might do something this year. I don't know. The Jets are being kind of sneaky this year. You know, they're they're making a lot of good moves. I had the Jets at like a wild card team, eleven and six, kind of kind of going on that Super Bowl run that that the Giants went on in 07. Mm-hmm. But it's looking interesting to say the least. I'd it's say looking very interesting. We're definitely in for an interesting year of football. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Also, just to touch on a few other quick topics, these rookies are winning. The rookies are officially being named starters. You got the mm. likes of Anthony Richardson will be the starting quarterback for the Colts. Okay. There were, there were, there were early talks of uh, Gardner Minshew. But those talks have been silenced very fast, <laughs> and and uh, earlier in Carolina there were talks of Andy Dalton being the starting quarterback in Carolina. It's gonna be Bryce Young, <laughs> but that we all knew was gonna happen. But now it's been official. So here, Bryce Young and and uh, Anthony Richardson starting for the Panthers on the Colts, respectively. So shout out to the rookies, man. Power by fire, you know? It's going to be very interesting to see. I think it's kind of crazy with all this Jonathan Taylor news. It's like the Colts are just they're putting out as much news as they can to take the, take the attention off of Jonathan Taylor. And you know what? I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah. um, Like they said, the league does move on, but I really hope Jonathan Taylor does get on a team where he can be – not only compensated well, but also where he can uh, feel at home and thrive because for a head coach or an, even a, for an owner to even say that about a player is just like, why would you even want to stay there? You know what I mean? Very, very foul. Especially, yeah. it also kind of shows you what's, what, side of the tri- what side of the road they stand on with this whole running back Upheaval and uh, this not civil unrest, but league unrest amongst the running backs. So it's very interesting to see how that pans out. It's definitely going to be interesting for sure to see how that pans out. Most definitely. I wonder how much is how much is Zeke making this year? Zeke, I think, I think it's like, like six million. One year deal for like six million, and I think Dalvin is like a one year deal for about the same. Mm. So yeah, six million for Zeke and Dalvin signed for Dalvin signed for. Uh, let's see. Gotta at least be a few billion, right? Yeah, I want to say like four or five. Yeah, Dalvin Cook signed for eight point six. Oh, oh. up to up to eight point six. Oh, that's good. That's good. You know what's so funny? What Dalvin Cook's full name is Dalvin James Cook, right? Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook also has a younger brother whose name is James. Oh wait. Pardon me, not Captain James Cook. <laughs> Dalvin Cook has a younger brother whose name is James Dalvin Cook. What? Yes. 
Why? So they're... <laughs> Not why. So their parents just swapped out the... Just re... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Dalvin James Cook and James Dalvin Cook. So when they say Dalvin or James, they both look up. I'm probably, familiar with their game. Probably. Yeah. Um That's very interesting. Uh <laughs> That's just yeah. I didn't know that until today. I was still I was today years old. But yeah, James <laughs> Dalvin Cook and Dalvin James Cook. Uh, Phenomenal. I can't I can't think of anyone who anyone else who's done something like that. But yeah, that's definitely uh, that's just you know that's your fun fact for today. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it called? Uh, I think it's time that we close out with some. Fan questions. So we got All two right. fan questions for you guys today. But um, if you guys have any questions, either it's hypotheticals, asking for fantasy advice because Dan is an expert. I'm not, um, but okay. <laughs> you, you got any prop bets or things you want to let the people know, DM us at Fever Pitch Pod, and um, we're going to be answering these at the end of uh, the episodes as a segment. Absolutely. So let's check that temperature, right? Don't we? Yes, sir. I like that. So uh, the first we question got... we got is how many years until Lamar wins the Super Bowl ring? I think Lamar will win the ring by by the end of end of this decade. I think he'll have a ring. I agree. With by, that. 20, by 2030, you have a ring. Honestly, probably by 2028, for real. That's a fair one. Yes, I think he's going to win a ring on this deal. Yeah. I, I think so. I don't yeah. know when, but I do think so. I think this year will really be us fine-tooling and putting things together. Um, I'm, I'm looking really – I'm really looking forward to the Ravens season this year and seeing how they fine-tool and put players in positions, especially with such a strong receiver core. And you already know that our own line is always going to be – uh, it's it's been slightly unhealthy in the past, but it's definitely trending in a more positive direction. So definitely good to see that. The second question that we have is, who is the best QB in the NFL? It's not specified. Pat, we're talking about right now or all time. So give me your both. All time. So I'm a Joe Montana fan, but the answer is Tom Brady. But if you mm-hmm. ask me who my personal best QB of all time is, I'm going to say Joe Montana. If you, mm-hmm. want, if you want to talk facts, it's time ready. But right now, um, it's Patrick Mahomes. And mm-hmm. whoever else you want to talk about after that, we could have a, we have, we could have a conversation about that. But uh, it's Patrick, it's Patrick Mahomes. Definitively? Yes. Like it's it, it's paramount. But why do you say that? He threw fifty touchdowns as a full time starter, and he's won two rings since I've been since he's won two rings since I was in, since I've been in college. He won a ring my freshman year, and then he graduated, and then I graduated, and he went and he went won another ring. He's been in the AFC Championship for four straight years. Especially Mahomes. And I don't think he's even touched his prime yet. I'm oh. sorry, man. It's Pat. Mm. It's Pat. Who's mm. your runner up then? 
Um, I want to say Lamar might be the second best QB in the NFL. I, I like that. I like that response. I like that. It, it has to be between him and Jalen Hurts. And I think I, I think I think the separation will be made this this season. Mm. I think I think Lamar might clear Jalen Hurts this season. You don't have um Josh Allen up there? I think Josh Allen is overrated. <laughs> Do you want to speak then, about that? I was I at one point was a big fan of Josh Allen. I like the way he played, you know, mobile, could take contact, but oh wait. Am I gonna put Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts? That's a side note for myself. But Josh mm. Allen is overrated. Josh Allen is the between Josh Allen and Tua, I'm kind of torn. I don't know, but he's not top two in the in the, in the AFC anymore. Because I would say Mahomes and Burrow both cleared Josh Allen. That's valid. Um, Tua might clear Josh Allen by the end of this year. Um, in 2021, he did have the highest pa- passer rating in a single season of 149. Yeah, yeah. So Tua might be on his way. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is in the AFC now. So, man, I don't know what Josh Allen's on the Madden cover. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. This is, Whoa, this is, he's not that bad. This, no, he's not bad. But I'm sorry, this is kind of hurting me just thinking about it. He's <laughs> man. Okay. Um, but I say all that to say he's still a very good QB. I would say he's top ten in the league, but. At one point, he was top three, and mm. in my opinion, and a lot has changed since then. So <laughs> that's valid. That's valid. Um, I definitely agree with um Patrick Mahomes and Lamar, and everybody knows Tom Brady is the goat. Sorry if you thought it was it somebody else. You're wrong. Uh, yeah, you know. in my heart, it's Joe Montana, but um, yes. Tom yeah, fa- facts are facts. We can't we can't argue with facts. Sorry, but well, 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 well. I feel like you 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 got the Ravens to win the Super Bowl this year. You said who? You got the Ravens to win the Super Bowl this year, right? I want to say that the Ravens are going to win, but it's going to be a dogfight out there. So. I want the Ravens to win, but I got to see um, the outlook, you know, after some games. I'm like, some people got to stay healthy and things got to click with this offense, right? We fired Greg Roman. Hopefully this new offensive coordinator pans out and we can see something beautiful this season. And before, before I let you go, who do you have coming out the NFC? Out of the NFC. I want to say it's between the 49ers, Giants, and Eagles. Wow. Ooh, the see, see, I'm glad some people realize that the Giants are sneaky. They I'm are. glad more people are starting to understand that the, the Giants are very sneaky. So yeah, they're, I don't they're mind. Sneaky that bunch, at all. man. I don't mind that at all. 
They're very sneaky, man. Very, very. Man, all this football talk. Don't worry, when football season comes around, I got stuff to talk about. And we're almost there. So just, you know, look, be on the lookout. But I think I think we've reached that point in time where I got to let you guys mar- sit and marinate on this episode. Because <laughs> uh, I don't got too much to talk about now. now. So what about you, Brian? No, that's all. You know, as always, it's been Brian. And then, peace. Take care, take care.